0: My fellow music lovers, my music machines, the Panasonic Take and Tape that plays and records cassettes, and the Panasonic Dynamite 8 that plays 8-track cartridges. It's a blast. Their terrific colors, play on batteries and electricity. But what makes the Panasonic Take and Tape and Dynamite 8 so right is that they both sound like Dynamite! Hi,
1: I'm Alan Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z.
0: Billy Joel, he wrote so many songs. Some fast, some slow, and some go on too long. All the hits and hidden gems, even the turds, it ends at Z-not with your friends Elon and Dave. Hi everybody and welcome to another Letter in the Books as we say goodbye. This time to the letter W. Eight songs, four album wrap-ups, and a hilarious unreleased songs wrap-up all in the past that started five long months ago. That leaves us only three letters left as the podcast begins to wrap up on itself. But for today, we will take a look at We Didn't Start the Fire, Weekend Song, When in Rome, Where's the Orchestra? Where's the Revolution? Where was I? Why, Judy, why? <laughs> what, is <laughs> these gonna, what is that? I didn't see that coming. <laughs> and, of course, worse comes to worst. Alon, what a journey the
1: W's have been. I can't believe it's been five months. I was looking through the list of, like, listener comments and everything and i was like wait album wrap-up another album wrap-up yeah another album wrap-up part three of an album wrap-up what do we do
0: <laughs> we did a lot of album wrap <laughs> so that's why the w seemed like geez he had a lot of w songs but no we just added a whole bunch of shit in between and the w's lasted much longer than anyone would have thought
1: and that yeah that greatest hits volume three wrap-up was uh hilarious Oh, boy. That's what yeah. you were going to say, right? I blocked it out of my mind. I really forgot that it happens, to be honest.
0: Well, again, you know, I mean, that's fun. We, we, you know, how could we not do that? Then, right, The Greatest Hits Volume 3, we had our Street Life Serenade album wrap-up, our Stormfront wrap-up, the Nylon Curtain wrap-up, and, of course, the hilarious Unreleased Songs wrap-up, which was the truly funny, maybe the funniest thing we've ever done. And, and, quite frankly, I enjoyed listening back to that one. I thought it was I liked... The mashup I put of all the songs, I'd forgotten about them. And for some reason, I'd, is it, I guess it's December song. It's been in my head. It's driving me nuts.
1: That's impossible for that song to be in your head because it's
0: never been in anyone's head. As much I know. As,
1: we, as much as we like to scream it, none of us know how it goes.
0: That is the until you come to me, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's been in my head. Do you come to me? <laughs> <Like I> said, <laughs> it's, it's driving me really crazy because i don't want it in my head i'd much rather have tell them you're in love of course so it's really making me upset there's not a damn thing i can do about it you're cursed yeah yeah it's our fault we opened the can of worms meanwhile in regards to album wrap-ups that you know the reason why we did three parts in nylon curtain was because i i think we just realized what an amazing album was and it's possible we realized it it's like when i listened to it before we did the podcast listened to it as a whole i'm like boy this you know this really is a special album and then i think as we were doing the podcast we realized boy this really is a special album the more paul was talking about it and we were kind of learning about it, especially that second side there was just too much to talk about it was it was the, it's that good an album and it's something that i think we came upon while doing this podcast in general
1: yeah, and also, like, when we do the wrap-ups, we're not really going in with a big plan of, like, okay, it's going to be exactly this long, and this is what we're going to talk about. We just let it flow, and if it ends up being long and it's good content,
0: it becomes a three-parter. Well, depending. You know, I mean, I didn't, like, you and I talk about this all the time, because, you know, we, we talk about it. we We didn't want Street Life Serenade to be a three-parter. You know, it really does depend on the album. Right. Obvious, I mean, obviously... Obvious- Cold Spring Harbor is going to be five parts. Of course, of course, obviously. Okay. But, you know, we didn't, we would, of course, The Stranger makes perfect sense. 52nd Street might be like that. The, you know, the classics. But, right, we're not going to do that with Piano Man or Street Life's Serenade. But The nylon Curtain, which technically we would say, no, that's not a three-part album, kind of became that, just as the way we were talking about it, and the more respect we have, and really calling it at the end, the second masterpiece uh besides the stranger in in a different total different way yeah so what are you gonna do uh why don't we well why don't we do our rankings <laughs> and then we'll talk about individual episodes and i have some uh fun stuff to play for you all right yeah go. so yeah let's start it off that way
1: okay uh, you want me to go first this time?
0: Sure. Everybody knows my top one, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. Our list will be different here. I think the bottom will be the same, I I assume. So I'll go I'll go uh, bottom to top, right? That's yeah. how we like to do these now?
0: Yeah. Eight songs.
1: Eight songs. Okay. So my least favorite W song was Where Was I? Which, uh, which made sense because I think when we just did the unreleased song wrap-up, I had that as my least favorite unreleased song of all time. So. Right. So there it is. The next least favorite was Where's the Revolution, Mm. uh, which also was ranked pretty low for me on the unreleased track list. It has good moments, but I don't like the whole sing-along part of it at the end. Number six, now we're getting into the real songs. Number six is When in Rome. Not a favorite for anybody, I think. Then I go to Why Judy Why, which I do like a lot, but I had to put it below the next song, which is We Didn't Start the Fire. That's just too important of a song to put below why judy why then i get to my top three number three is worst comes to worst which we just did and just based on how good the live versions are that song is near the top yep number two is weekend song which is kind of similar to worst comes to worst it's just a fun rollicking kind of song i really really like it a lot i think you were less high on this song a lot of our listeners seem to love it
0: i'm sitting here going like what an idiot
1: yeah but I like it, man, because who likes to work? Billy Joel doesn't like to work, and yeah. he sings a song about it. <laughs> Woo! And my number one W song is Where's the Orchestra?
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Good for you. That's a good list, and we differ incredibly mm. on this. We The only thing that is the same is Where Was I? As number eight, that song does blow, and that's not anybody's fault. That's why it wasn't released. And my number seven song after that is Weekend Song. I That's hate crazy. that song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that was, and I had a tough time between that and When in Rome being a crappy song, but When in Rome, I'd much rather listen to than Weekend Song. So yeah, I have Weekend Song seven, When in Rome six. And where's the revolution at five? Because again, that one's in my head. I was just singing it earlier today, not even looking at this yet. This must have been at nine in the morning not even thinking about the show. And I just started, where's the revolution? <laughs> so it's if it's in my head, I, I can't keep it low because there's something about it that I guess worked somehow or another.
1: Yeah, I guess it's the fact that he repeats that one line 20 times. Maybe that, that's all it that, is. That but helps stick it in your mind.
0: Yeah, but I mean, the December song is a a fruit fluke. That's weird. That doesn't make any sense. But where's the revolution? Yeah, that's that's... The melody is there. I don't know why. So four is Worst Comes to Worst. And I could probably put that up higher, except that the other three songs deserve to be where they are. I really enjoyed Worst Comes to Worst, the live version, like you said. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, what a difference. from! The, if they didn't have the live version, it would definitely be lower, I think. But, it, boy, it does that move. And three, which I have a newfound love for, is Where's the Orchestra? but how do you like number two being why judy why
1: why Uh, judy
0: why i that song was just i mean what a scene man you know what i'm saying (laughs) uh that's like (laughs) i don't know you know i just discovered that song and it's great and obviously i don't have to tell you what one is obviously we didn't start fire since it's the greatest song ever written and uh but uh, yeah i was uh surprised on my order and all this comes from i don't know three songs i would never even heard before and just as a new listener to these why judy why uh worse comes to worse and uh unfortunately went in rome and weekend song i'd never heard any of them but they just uh, i don't know this why judy why love it
1: yeah it's interesting that it hung you up that way
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: It's kind of funny looking at the whole list of W's, like how not star studded they are. There are so many hidden gem type songs here or just hidden. Maybe not gems. (laughs) Might just be a lump of coal. But (laughs) you only just have like, we didn't start the fire and then a lot of album tracks. Whereas every other letter that we've done where we've had this many songs has probably had a few hits within it.
0: Right. I know. And it's weird for me to put, we didn't start the fire at the top, but it's not weird. I mean, after everything we've talked about it, that everyone knows I like that song. And, you know, it's one of those ones. It's just like the way, why am I singing? Where's the revolution? Why do I like we didn't start the fire? I just do. And, you know, why do 20 other thousand people like it when he starts it that night? (laughs) They just do. I mean, I guarantee everybody who's sitting there goes, why are we doing this? Why are we clapping and standing and dancing to this song? It's just one of those phenomenons. And it is a phenomenon. It is definitely a phenomenon. That is the correct usage of the word. Right? <laughs> yeah. Don't ask me why. But <laughs> well, we've talked about that song multiple times. I will say, after we did that, and you know, we've been waiting to talk about various things that don't that we've said, like, let's keep it for the wrap-up, let's keep it for that. But so five months of the making, I went to this place, I, I s- sent you the video called Mimmy's down right where around where I live on 52nd Street and huh, thank you and 2nd Avenue, <laughs> the other side of town where he took the picture from. And it's a piano bar. I thought it, for certain, was going to close during COVID, but it was open, and we went there for dinner. And you're told never to get the pasta there. It's not very good. Their food isn't very good. They're, it's it's a fun place to be, though. It's a sing along piano bar, and they have a. It's a restaurant.
1: They and got it, family cuisine.
0: They got family cuisine. They got a family cuisine. <laughs> okay, I'm trying to. Back. An old fashioned bar. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But it's the only only game. So I'm going to there, and we had just done we didn't start the fire. And for so and I don't know. I mean, obviously, when we do songs, when we're talking about them, when we are thinking about them before we do the podcast, it really feels like the world is with us. And so many times I think I called you when they were just playing something that we were talking about. But I couldn't believe we went to this bar and the guy was piano playing. And I took video of it. He was playing We Didn't Start the Fire, you know, at this restaurant when we're just completed talking about it that day.
1: Which is a terrible move at a piano bar. What is he thinking?
0: Yeah, I don't know. It was weird. And but there everybody was singing along, enjoying it. It is terrible. It's terrible when you're eating. You can't get through your food, you know, (laughs) because you're like Oh, Wait, I know it. rumor or
1: yeah, or you're about to eat and then you hear children of thalidomide <laughs> and you lose your appetite. These <laughs> exactly. poor kids,
0: babies from thalidomide, <laughs> but uh, it was fun, just like that time when I was at that bar in Hoboken and that guy was playing all those songs from like uh, you know, uh, what was the one that was amazing that he was playing? Uh, oh, oh. Lullaby. no, no, uh, the other one, 2000 years, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what. So that's also also Fallout Boy released as we played for Paul, I believe, the the We Didn't Start the Fire that we played on the show. They released their version the the week we did the, the podcast. It was just so weird. It really was. We were in this Billy Joel. We didn't start the fire vortex that day. And it was kind of interesting, I thought.
1: Yeah, what a coincidence.
0: Yeah, I guess it's a coincidence, but maybe it's not. Maybe we're we're exactly where we're supposed to be.
1: Yeah, this is the height of Billy Joelism right now. We are living in it and we're right in the center of the hurricane.
0: Listen, we have mentioned multiple times. Maybe he does listen to this show, because how can you explain that night when Dory and her friends were there and he just started playing all the stuff we make fun of him for not playing and took a jet? Now, he's gone back to just doing the exact same stuff again because he's lazy, as we know. So, but I don't know. Don't you feel sometimes he's listening? <laughs>
1: like, Look, if Why Judy Wise shows up on a set list soon, we'll know he's listening. Right?
0: Then we know, all right, this is ridiculous. Come on. Uh, also, on Greatest Hits Volume 3 wrap-up, I played the E, the Entertainment Network, the announcers in 1997, and that idiot guy, you know, one of those suits, it was like, you know, I don't know whether you heard it. Like, what's your favorite song? The guy and, and the, the guy said, remember, he said the middle of the night. Yeah, <laughs> he's obviously a moron. Yeah. But that woman said, which, you know, Rosalinda's eyes, which was which was cool. At least she had a good at least she actually liked Billy Joel. I don't know where the hell that guy was coming from. Uh, My favorite song is middle of the night. I like how
1: you make fun of that. But you're the guy who calls uh, a certain song. Don't go changing.
0: Yeah, but I'm not on television when I'm doing it, and it's funny when people correct me. Yeah, maybe you're right. That is funny that I did. <laughs> Wait, it's not... Go- don't go changing?
1: No, no, it's something else. It's called Wars of Revolution. It's a different song. Oh, that's a
0: great song. Yeah. Also, when we did uh, Weekend Song, oh. oh, my God, when we... You had mentioned the Lover Boy Olympic song, I believe, mm-hmm. and then after hearing it, hearing about when we played it, my god that song is right out of south park making fun of an 80s song yeah Uh, and 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 speaking of which we were also talking about uh the song from mannequin nothing's gonna stop us now i don't know why we mentioned i can't remember i just wrote it down because i was wrong i thought it was from mannequin too it's from the original mannequin and it was a big a big big hit for Grace Slick from mm-hmm. Jefferson Airplane. I mean, it was just so weird. <laughs> How did she get a song in the 80s? But, you know, it was a huge hit and people still totally remember it and everything. So I was looking up, like, well, wait, what is that song from Mannequin 2? And I heard that one. And again, if you don't know what decade this song is from, then you're an idiot uh, <laughs> because uh, I'll play it for you now. It's a. Uh, It's quite unbelievable. I mean, it sounds exactly like the South Park guy is making fun of an 80s song.
1: Yeah, but that movie's from 91.
0: Why do you got to do this? I'm just saying, it's a little, (laughs) it's that
1: cusp. It's that 1990 type of song.
0: (laughs) Is is that movie from 91?
1: Well, you just literally showed me a YouTube clip that says 1991 next to it. Well,
0: I, I couldn't stop looking at the girl in it. I, I was like, he's very pretty. Yeah. I can't remember who she is, but I, I don't what happened to William Ragsdale. That was who he was. I think so.
1: Oh, yeah. He looked like a good uh, heartthrob leading man.
0: Well, wasn't he the one in Herman's head? Oh, was he Herman? Show? I think so.
1: Oh, interesting. I liked Herman's I think head. so. But I was also seven
0: at the time, so what did I That's what I was going to say. Right, right, exactly. (laughs) You were like seven. (laughs) So also, uh, as we're going down the list of stuff, where's the orchestra? I think when I was thinking about the concert, I think I figured out that that was the first time I got high at a concert, the Nylon Curtain Tour concert. And I think I went with this kid from high school, Ed Cowan, Cause I couldn't, I said, I didn't know who I went with mm-hmm. and I'm positive. It was this kid, Ed Cowan. And I'm pretty sure. I think I looked it up that I went the day after Christmas when I was home from college. All right. We figured all that out. Thanks for correcting the record. Well, it was driving me nuts. Uh obviously. But you still
1: think that where's the orchestra was played. And I think we were saying that it seems like it was not played.
0: I could why wouldn't he end with that or or why that's one of his favorite songs why wouldn't he play it why wouldn't he play it I mean yeah. it just doesn't add up that he's playing stuff off the nylon curtain and he wants to play his favorite song off the album and he doesn't care what the audience thinks even though we like it now it's just I don't think he ended with it because that's just not what he was doing back then but then you're telling me he used to end with the nocturne, or whatever it is, the uh, the the other one uh, souvenir souvenir, uh, which is a strange song to end a festive concert at the garden with. You know, you don't want to end on a sad note. But
1: all right, well here's so here's the concert that you're talking about, December twenty sixth, nineteen eighty two, at yep, Brendan yep. Byrne Arena, East Rutherford, New Jersey. Yep, that's got to be it. Day after Christmas, absolutely,
0: 82. that's got to be it. Right, uh,
1: and you're right. He did end the show with this song.
0: Oh, he ended the song with this. He, so he did end the song. Yeah,
1: a two-song okay. encore. Only the good die young, and where's the orchestra?
0: That's a strange two-set encore.
1: You, know? you are correct. He did play this song for you.
0: Yeah, I could. I, I remember because I remember being disappointed. Like, Why are we leaving? I'm sad now. I'm sad. The other, we... other
1: weird things that you heard that night were Scandinavian skies. Wow,
0: <laughs> that's probably Have... when we got high, man. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. was... were passing the joint right. You could do that back then, man. <laughs>
1: Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Makes sense. Let's see. Anything else rare here? Stiletto. A little rare. Wow.
0: I probably had no idea what that was. You know, I was probably sitting there going like, wait, Billy, there's a Billy Joel song. And that's it. The rest of it were hits. Did he open with Allentown? He did.
1: Wow. So he see, did that... the full bookend of the album.
0: See, that's what I. Well, that's see there. That makes so much sense. But see, that's what I remember. And that's what I've been trying to say at this podcast. I just couldn't remember You know, because it's oh, I'm sorry, 40 years ago, 41 now. I knew he opened with Allentown on that tour, or maybe I was thinking. I think I thought it was the bridge, and it was matter of trust because I I remember thinking to myself, "Wow, this guy's got balls." He opens with his mega hit, and I I remember thinking that I'm like, "Damn," because I I don't. I, I maybe it was the first concert I was ever at, but I mean. Everybody knows you don't you don't open with your hit. You know, you save it either in the middle or the end, depending on who you are. You know, if you're Cindy Lauper and you you just come you're only doing your one album in 1985 or six, you're gonna end with girls don't want girls just want to have fun, right? I mean, she played mm. the entire album, and then of course you end with that and people go crazy, or it's the encore. So for him to open with Allentown, it just shows you even in 1982. He was still the man open with your hit. And that was a hit, a big hit.
1: People went crazy. I bet you were pretty pissed off, though, when he didn't play. We didn't start the fire or uptown girl.
0: I was upset by that because I knew he had it in him and I knew he could have bought it and just be like, I yelled out. What are you working on next? And he was just like, who is that? Was it just go? What's in the pipeline seven years from now? (laughs) You should date a supermodel. Uh, well, you know, he
1: sang she's always a woman. So I think he was still trying to reconcile with Elizabeth at this time.
0: What an idiot. I was at uh, my friend Colin Smith's concert uh, Monday night. Uh, he was the one who introduced us to Paul Lauren. And I went to see his show and he yelled out at me from the, from the stage, Jessica, your energy's driving me mad. You know, like Cause I, I was really into it. So, but mm-hmm. I, then i was telling uh the girl i was with about paul and the time we were there <laughs> and he's just, well this is we're gonna go a little bit country sit down just Cow. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, uh, I always get a shout out from the stage so it would make sense for billy to be like just cow shut up if i hear separate <laughs> song out of you i swear to god <laughs> i guess i don't know whether i I, I do it on purpose because like i is it a thing where i like i want to get noticed or it's just um, i don't know it's, it's like just, the
1: heckler mentality at a comedy show where you kind of you want to say something because you kind of i guess want that it attention. is it's,
0: it's definitely i suppose somehow narcissistic but i wasn't i wasn't trying to get noticed i was just having a good time <laughs> i'm glad that i'm glad they knew i was there because you, you definitely want to get the credit for being there right yeah uh, but that there's nothing funnier than Paul. I I was telling that story nonstop because he didn't even turn his head. He when we were sitting to the left of him, he just knew I was getting he knew I was doing the gag. I mean, how much do we love Paul?
1: <laughs> oh, I know. Paul's the I mean, greatest. Uh, as you'll see when we go through all these listener comments, people always love oh, whenever he's well, on all of our wrap ups.
0: Yeah. And we got more for you on that later. But uh, just uh, I got two things I want to play for you. And then we'll get to the comments because we don't want to make this too long. and it's. Already gone because we're having a good time.
1: It'll be a two parter. It's fine.
0: <laughs> so I'll go for worst comes to worst, and then I'll backtrack to something because I want to play things for you. Okay. So uh, I'm listening to worst comes worst. Love it. The live version, as we've talked about, is the shit. And I'm trying to think what what is. It's driving me crazy. I'm like now now no, now you know. And I'm like, what? That sounds like something else. What is it? I finally came to me. Until you come to me, uh, it finally came to me, and it is once again the song from the cars from Blonde Over Blue. It's that touch and go song again, but it's the middle piece, not the keyboards. Oh. And I put it together in a little mashup, and I've obviously taken the live version because I, I couldn't even stomach listening to the uh, or the studio version anymore. Uh, so check this out. Okay. I mean, it's, it's the, it's that guitar part that goes in between worse comes to work round wow, out wow, wow, wow. Now, yeah. now, 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 now. And it, uh, it, you know, that's the first thing I thought of. Now, obviously, the car stole it from him. So it's okay. But look at, uh, and then he stole Blonde Over Blue from then. So, uh, that particular song, uh, has been very influential in the Billy Joel A to Z podcast.
1: I don't know if I hear it so much in this one, to be honest. Excuse me? What did you just say? I think we got to keep digging. I think that guitar does sound like something. but Well, that's me, because, the this.
0: as I was listening, the, the guitar isn't pronounced enough on the recording. But if it was, I think you would see it.
1: Yeah. But I mean, I'm, in know? the live version, though, I hear it. I know exactly the riff you're talking about. Yeah. And it does bring up something to me. But I don't think it's this song.
0: Okay. Now, that all being said, so I was able to get, Somebody to I've been waiting for this for such a long time like five months for this, I've had it for a long time. Play the eight track tape of Scenes <laughs> from an Italian Restaurant and how it goes from Scenes from an Italian Restaurant part one on track three and then goes to Scenes from an Italian Restaurant part two on track four. Yeah, and and how which I didn't remember this. And how eight track tapes used to work back then. And this is real fucked up. So, wait to hear this. So did you see how it worked? It it fades out, it buzzes and clicks, and then they go back to the part you just heard, play it again, and then come out of it.
1: Yeah. So it's a little bit longer altogether because they back up a few seconds again.
0: Well, you know, you can it's in that's why it's in two parts. <laughs> yeah
1: well, oh, it really ruins the experience
0: oh, it totally ruins the experience it's exactly <laughs> you'd have correct. no exact
1: way to know what the song actually sounds like in that part. you can kind of guess how it all really melded together, but you wouldn't know
0: no it it ruins this unbelievable song, which I suppose is why eight track tapes didn't cut it <laughs> how did they not last? I don't know <laughs> so anyway alan do you have listener feedback for us today
1: yeah i do we have so much of it it's pretty wild the most feedback we had obviously was for the first song that we did in the w's we didn't start the fire right just uh tons and tons of comments and we had it was a two-part episode so we really got a lot of stuff in there be You two Believe said that they're glad that the song saved your life, Dave. Of course, your World oh, Trade Center story. That's right. Yes. Yes, it yeah. did.
0: By being an idiot, getting fired. Yep. Still alive <laughs> To do the Billy Joel A to Z podcast. Yeah. Thank you, God.
1: <laughs> Morley Scott said that they liked when Dave said, we're not going to do every lyric. And then you proceeded to do every lyric of the song. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what I do.
1: Steve J. Rogers asked if it irks us that parodies of this song often don't go chronologically. Yes, that is lazy. And we've talked about it with the Fallout Boy one, how that yeah. really ruins it. Right. Dino Courtney recently went to a Billy Joel show and said that Billy was phoning the song in and he made it sound like a tired rap song. He wasn't singing the lyrics. He was just kind of reciting them.
0: I guarantee there are many months, many shows where he's phoning it in. Yes. I mean, after all these years and being 74 or whatever, I mean, there's got to be days you're phoning it in.
1: Steve J. Johnson had an interesting take. He said, do you think that Madonna's name-checking in the song Vogue, which came out a year after this, was influenced by Billy Joel? What are you looking at? The whole song is a list of names of old celebrities.
0: Oh, that's interesting. You know what? That makes a heck of a lot of sense. That's really interesting. I didn't see that comment. That's that. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, how would you not think that when that was song was a massive hit? Why how could you not as a, another songwriter be like maybe that that's an interesting semi rap. Let's give it a try. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I totally buy it. I'm am 100% in on that. I,
0: I do too. Yeah. That's
1: that's my new theory. Thanks Steve. And then a good comment here from AKD Gordon. He wrote there's no greater disappointment than waiting months and months for Weekend Song recalibrating my calendar factoring in interviews and album raps only to read part one after the episode title (laughs) and then little did he know that right after we did two parts of this song we went to a greatest hits volume three rap
0: (laughs) (laughs) so well listen if you're waiting for a weekend song something's wrong with you anyway (laughs) so excited for a weekend song
1: oh then we also got a lot of comments saying that this was the best parody ever uh, they just loved uh, putting all the Billy Joel songs into one and doing. Oh, it I'm so cult glad cult I, I I
0: don't remember reading any comments about it. And when I think about it, I forgot we had done that. And um, remember, we needed to do that again with cities in Long Island.
1: Oh, yeah, we should have done that for the W's.
0: Yeah, we should have. But it took us a lot of work and effort. And I think we you got mad at me because I was like, no, you're singing it all wrong. Now try it again. And this time with feeling right. And I was like, no, I do my parodies one take only. And then I'm out of here. <laughs> So we might want to finish the podcast before we try that again. <laughs> yeah.
1: So then the next song was Weekend Song. Autumn B. Melody said that we talked about the song Flowers by Miley Cyrus and how it sounds familiar. She said that it's inspired by I Will Survive by Gloria mm-hmm. Gaynor and by the Bruno Mars song When I Was Your Man.
0: Oh, so that's then, why it sounds familiar.
1: I yeah, see. I guess so. I got to listen to those together and see uh, if that makes sense. Gemstagram.com wrote that another connection between flowers and Billy Joel is that one of the writers of flowers is Michael Pollack, who is the guy at a Q and a at Vanderbilt university, like 10 years ago, who asked to come on stage and play New York state of mind with Billy Joel.
0: Oh, we played that once, right? Didn't we?
1: Yeah. It was like a viral clip. We played that. And this guy wrote this mega hit song with Miley Cyrus. Wow.
0: That's amazing. Wow.
1: Yeah. It's It's a good thing.
0: Billy was nice to him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Although if he was nicer, maybe this guy would have said, hey, Billy, I wrote a good song
0: for you. Exactly. If he was yeah. not. Ni- yeah, exactly. I was thinking that, too. It wasn't record that nice. my
1: song, Flowers. <laughs> Burt Coast said that this is his favorite song about hating work. And he has a misheard lyric in the song. Instead of I can take the strain, he hears it as I can take this train.
0: I like that better.
1: Which fits. That also yeah. works. Yeah. Max Weinman said great fucking song. Dave Nelson said weekend song and ain't no crime go together like linguine and clams. And then AKD Gordon, the guy who was waiting patiently for weekend song, <laughs> yeah. said that now that this song has been covered, I have no idea what to do with my life.
0: Yeah, I was going to say it would be funny if he was like, yeah, now I'm glad I heard this song. You know what? I, I don't think I did like that song. I'm sorry. I, I messed <laughs> up. But, yeah. On second well, thought. That, that's really funny. And then the last comment from
1: Antonio Pionessa said, I don't know why people hate this song. He must be talking about you. Yeah, I don't know why people hate this song. It's a masterpiece too advanced for the human mind to comprehend.
0: No, that adds up for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a good yeah. argument.
1: Yeah. Yep. I agree with that. Our next episode was the Street Life Serenade wrap up. And Chris K. Anderson said their favorite part was when Paul sings the parodies and laughs and can't even get through them. And that Chewbacca was awesome.
0: Oh, well, that that made me laugh, too. I was, I, I was laughing so hard. I, I for, You know, sometimes I forget. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Even that I forget. Good
1: yeah. Nick Argood said, Paul is my hero for putting souvenir at number one. For When in Rome, we don't have a lot here, obviously. Jordan Ferber mentioned, we were talking about other songs that the Olsen twins had taken a song title and made it into a movie title. That's right. And there was a third one that he mentioned, which is It Takes Two.
0: Well, I knew about that, but what was the song title?
1: The song is It Takes Two. By who? It's an old song. It Takes Two, baby.
0: I don't know. It's like a I, 60s I, I mean, song. I definitely, I look, I knew about that movie, and I just didn't know about the song, so.
1: Oh, okay. You, you know it. That's a song, and they probably played in the movie. I'm like 100% sure they played that song. Mm. In the movie. And then Burt Coast said that Dave's version of When in Rome is a hidden gem.
0: Was that the he, Facts of Life one?
1: Yeah, people really liked the facts of life when it. Oh, they did.
0: (laughs) Well, I loved singing it. I mean, I loved it. I was having such a good time singing it. Yeah,
1: that was really good. Then we had our Stormfront wrap up. Nick (laughs) Argood said this is one of their favorite albums, and they're infuriated that we don't consider Billy to be a rock and roll artist because this stuff hits way harder than Elvis.
0: Elvis, who? Costello, <laughs> Presley, not <laughs> Costello,
1: but yes, Presley.
0: Well, of course it does. You know, it's yeah. A different that was thirty time. years earlier. It's a yeah. different
1: type of rock. Yeah,
0: but, uh, but uh, Billy that's...
1: can rock. He can rock, but I wouldn't think overall that I consider him like a right. Rock right.
0: Player. We we agree he can rock, but I, I'm surprised that's his favorite album. I love that. It, that's his favorite album. I I love that. I love that Stormfront somebody's favorite album. That kind of makes me happy.
1: Yeah. Well, to be fair, they said one of their favorite. albums.
0: Oh. Yeah. Oh. Chris
1: Cerico was upset that none of us picked Downeaster Alexa as the top song, which shows that none of us work with the rod and the reel.
0: Well, yeah. yeah we don't. Uh, we know. Yeah. We do this. New York Jews.
1: We work with the Instagram reel. We
0: we get people to take the rod and reel and and get us stuff to eat by by paying them.
1: Right. Catch us <laughs> a salmon and then give us some locks.
0: Right. <laughs> exactly.
1: That sounds good. I'm gonna actually, after we're done recording, I'm gonna go get some locks, I think. Mm. I'm going to lay it on top of my bed. It'll just lay there. (laughs) (laughs) What a mensch said we've given him a new appreciation for this album and that Paul's description and playing on Leningrad was outstanding.
0: Yeah, well, that's the problem. with If you hate this album or any of these songs, once Paul plays it, like I always say, I got to rethink everything. Yeah, we got we got a lot of
1: comments specifically on this episode about how great Paul's versions were of everything. Like Paul just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, because
0: it's not that great an album. So for him, you know, in our view, and then the the most Billy Joel people, it's not their favorite album. Um, That's why it was interesting to hear that. But then when Paul plays it, it becomes like maybe I gotta take a take another listen. As we always say, we wish he would just take all these songs, do what a a scaled down piano version of every song that he has, because then that would make every single song a gem.
1: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Where's the Orchestra, Jesse Thomas Brown said, arguably, this is Billy's best song. R-Rate said, hey, I got your orchestra right here. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then Burt Coast and Morley Scott gave rave reviews to Dave Juskow with his Laura version of Where's the Orchestra.
0: Oh, you forgot about that, too. And let me say, here's something I forgot to tell you, too. This is the weirdest thing. And I meant to tell you, I didn't write it down because you just reminded me. Sarah Silverman the comedian had a party on her rooftop in California about three weeks ago I went there and it's you know this big blast it's beautiful and I, I'm always there early with her I the first one to come and she has a DJ and the DJ opened with Laura <laughs> I, I, I I don't know whether I played it for I mean I had it wasn't worth playing because it was I was trying to capture it, like you're not supposed to take video or anything there so I just tried to kind of sneak it just because I couldn't believe it was happening and send it to you because do you, have you ever heard of a DJ opening up with Laura?
1: Not opening and definitely not playing it at all. So yeah, make Exactly.
0: we're at a, at a festive occasion like that. He played a lot of Billy Joel, which was great, but deep cut Billy Joel. I can I, by that time I was drunk and I, I was like, wait, is this in my head again? I was having them like, wait, somebody is listening to our podcast or is in my head because he's playing deep cuts. I think he played sleeping with the television on at this party. And I I asked Sarah, did you tell him to play Billy Joel? She goes, no, I didn't tell him anything. It's really weird. Laura? Was Sarah
1: Silverman's (laughs) sister Laura at this party?
0: Yes, she was, but she wasn't there yet when he was playing it. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, it was weird. But anyway, sorry, continue I've been okay. wanting to tell all of you guys that
1: <laughs> That is strange So the next ap- the next episode we did was the Nylon Curtain wrap-up And on this one, Steve Hickman said It's interesting that on the back cover Billy is drinking coffee or tea Because this feels kind of like his rehab album
0: Yep, that's what it's, it does seem like that Yeah.
1: Chris K. Anderson uh, singled out the parodies Loved them, especially Pet Store
0: I bet that was horrible
1: pet store <laughs> i thought now paul really gave that one a hundred percent i really appreciated that
0: oh <laughs> well, again when paul plays it it changes the complexity when yeah. i make fun of you for the songs i feel bad after paul plays i'm like you know what i'm uh, sorry uh it's, i don't know he, he really brings in a whole nother thing and then you realize how good your writing is on it
1: yeah or
0: passable no offense. we'll say
1: passable <laughs> So then we get to some duds. Where was the revolution? I'm sorry. Where's the revolution? Uh, Jesse Thomas Brown. This is a very surprising comment. He said he discovered this song about 20 years ago, and he used to play it at bar gigs.
0: Oh, my God. That's like playing Laura.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's like, can you imagine that? You hear an unreleased Billy Joel track?
0: That is where I'd be like, all right, someone's fucking with me. What the hell? 20 years ago, he played at bar gigs. That's so cool. Yeah. I love this guy. And then Chris K. Anderson said that several
1: parts of this song remind him of "Stop in Nevada. Mm. I could see that. He used little pieces there in the next album. The next song was Where Was I? And the only comment I'm going to read here is from 555LKM, who doesn't buy the Pippin comparison, because they say that there's a lot of music from that era that sounds like that, not just Pippin. They gave one example, which is that movie musical thing, Free to Be You and Me.
0: Oh, God, the Marlo Thomas one?
1: Yeah, which I used to watch all the time. My parents had that on tape. So I used Me to too. Like, we love I listen that, to that
0: album all the time. Yeah, that came out when I was a little boy. Yeah. Um, yeah and Mar- then they, Marlo Thomas. because I remember because Marlo Thomas and Alan Alda had like a spoken word thing on it. And it was very exciting.
1: <laughs> and Michael Jackson does a bit.
0: He does. I forgot about that.
1: Yeah, it's like but 70s that was such Michael a, Jackson. That
0: was such a multi selling album. It was crazy.
1: And there was a song about Timothy has a doll, about a little boy who likes to play with dolls.
0: Oh, yeah. I forgot. I forgot about all that stuff. And
1: all the kids were calling him a sissy. And then the, the, the theme was, maybe he's not gay. He'll probably be a dad one day and he'll give his kid a doll.
0: Right. But no, he's gay.
1: <laughs> he's probably gay. Yeah. <laughs> no, who knows? Who knows? We, we got to figure out, where's this Timothy guy now? <laughs> so then we went to our unreleased song wrap up. After that. <laughs>
0: and we apologize, but you know. Yeah,
1: whatever. Pe- people liked it. They like to hear all the different songs. Autumn b Melody said that for her numbers would be her number one.
0: Oh uh, yeah, I got that. You're right about that. Well, I played it. I played it. I just didn't put in the mashup because we didn't make a, a thing about it. But you know, putting that mashup together was was complicated, but super fun.
1: Yeah, cool to hear all those songs. our Rate said that they're on Team Dave. They love Joels and Oats. <laughs> okay, Joel and Oats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was lost. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Burt Coast also agrees with Dave's list. So apparently you had a better uh, angle here on these unreleased tracks than I did.
0: Good. That's all I wanted to hear.
1: All right, getting to the last two songs here. Why Judy Why? Steve Hickman said, best parody yet. This was Why Why? We got a lot of comments like that. So even though people loved We uh, we Didn't Start the Fire parody, they also loved the Why Judy Why parody. So we I really... I-
0: Told you when you did it that that was an excellent one, if I remember correctly, because it 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 had a lot of history to it and truth and sadness, and there was something really great about that particular parody. I remember liking that too.
1: Yeah, that's one that we definitely got to make sure that Paul plays on the wrap up. Yeah, yeah. Our rate wrote that Michael K on his ESPN radio show plays Why Judy Why whenever Judy from Buffalo calls in.
0: Oh, that's hilarious! <laughs> not Doris from Rego Park. Hi, Joe. What Pee Wee Reese used to be an unbe- used to be an unbelievable second base. <laughs> <laughs> <No>?
1: <laughs> Rumor on the playground—that's an interesting name. Rumor on the playground said the middle. You mean the bridge? Because like we were talking about the song, we really like the middle section. But like I saw that comment you know, and I was extremely embarrassed. Yeah, it's I fun remember. to say, call it the middle sometimes. It's well, I don't okay. know why
0: we didn't think about that. Yeah, you're right. And I'm with. I saw that comment and I was. I remember being extremely. I don't even know whether I liked it because I was embarrassed.
1: That's like being like <laughs> I like that part of the song that repeats several times.
0: I mean, the chorus. The chorus. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah the chorus. I think. Whatever you want to call it. And uh, oh, here's an interesting comment. So. Kyrie Parisa, who I think is Australian, said that in their year 11 media class, they made a movie set to this song, Why Judy Why, and got a 100% on it.
0: Wow, cool. I would have and, given you a 100% in my class.
1: Yeah. And then the next year in their year 12 movie, they based the whole thing around the song Oyster Bay. No way. And they were selected among the top 10 highest achieving media students in the entire state of Victoria.
0: I mean, I have one thing to say to that. Crikey. <laughs>
1: this is this is a diehard fan here. They are yeah. using deep cut Billy Joel yeah, to graduate That's school. For sure.
0: Oyster Bay. Wow. That's the one with, our, with the meal. I, I'd like a meatball sub. Isn't that the one? Or...
1: No, no, no. Oyster oh. Bay is a different song.
0: Oh. <laughs> it's where
1: he's on the road and he's sad. And he wishes he was back in Oyster Bay.
0: Oh, that doesn't have anything about a meatball sub.
1: It, it might have a little meatball sub. In it. There, I'm not going to say there's no food in the song. and then the final song was worst comes to worst steve johnson loves it was always excited to flip the tape to side two while driving on the back roads in his first car and t gooby 86 says they think that calling the thumb a son of a bitch is using the term in a positive way like my thumb is so good at hitchhiking it's a son of a bitch Hmm.
0: interesting take yeah that's a and in hot In general, take. people
1: people like the song a lot. A we hot a lot take, of as Paul
0: Lauren would call it. <laughs> Here's a hot take, guys. Well, it is a great song, and again, once we found that live recording, it's sick. Yeah, we uh, gotta
1: write that, into Billy Joel. Get him to play this more.
0: Oh, you gotta play that. That's gotta be in the repertoire. That is a perfect live song. That'll get the garden on its feet. the rhythm
1: also did not talk about uh, the Oliver and Company songs. Why Should I Worry? Right.
0: Uh, we didn't talk about that. Is that any good? I forgot to listen.
1: <laughs> it's not great. So this is a song he recorded because he did the voice of the Artful Dodger in the movie Oliver and Company, which is a cartoon right. based on Oliver, which everyone knows. And this song was written by other people and he sang it. So you can really tell, I think, as a Billy Joel aficionado that this is not one of his songs. It just doesn't feel like it's up to that caliber. For me, With personally. Her.
0: When you wish upon a star Makes no difference who you are Anything your heart desires will come also did when you wish upon a star yeah. in that i believe that same disney package that rick okasic did zippity doodah which is the best song off the album i i think that's where it's from you know the disney it was a disney pop people sing disney
1: yeah i heard it and it's a fine version it's like just a him doing crooner billy joel it's okay yeah right Well, folks, that was the W song wrap up. So coming up, I know you guys are wondering, what are we doing for the X's? Well, we have a special treat for you coming up next week. And I know we say that sometimes, and then it ends up being a Greatest Hits volume 3 wrap up, <laughs> but this time it's for real. This is incredible. It's our Billy Joel A to Z X Miss special. That's what we're calling it. It's a holiday special recorded live in studio with none other than Paul Lauren, who flew in from Nashville for this and other reasons (laughs) but he joined us in studio he sang songs wasn't it incredible dave
0: it was so much fun we have pictures and videos that we'll put up it was just the three of us and two engineers and alan and i sang harmonies and we just had a great time like a great time and hopefully that will come through on the podcast
1: yeah, and you're going to hear you're gonna hear hits. You're going to hear some hidden gems. You're going to hear some big <laughs> surprises that you never thought you would hear. That's um, right. It's all going to be there. It's a real extravaganza. We're very happy with it. We can't wait for you guys to hear it. So, like always, please make sure you go to Apple and give us five stars. Make sure to listen to us every Tuesday when we release these new episodes. And keep giving us feedback on social media because we love to read your comments whenever we get to one of these wrap-ups. Yep. So, until next time, I'm Alon Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z.